This is the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast, your go-to place for mindset transformation, self-empowerment, and personal development. I'm your host, Kayla. I'm a mindset coach for ambitious human beings who are wildly passionate about up-leveling themselves so that they can live a limitless life with ease. I'm here to show you how to create the life of your dreams and powerfully step into your full potential, and of course, live fiercely. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast. My name is Kayla, and today I'm interviewing a fellow coach and friend of mine, Catherine. She is a catalyst coach for twin flames and star seeds. So I'm really excited to dive into this with her. And we connected through my human design program, the Sacred Success Coaching Certification Program with Eden. And so I just connected with her, you know, obviously through the DMs online and we became friends and I wanted to have her on. So she's a four, six manifester. So really excited to have this energy on the episode. So Catherine, welcome to the channel. Super excited to have you here. And today what we're going to be talking about is she's just going to be sharing her story and you guys know how I go. I just very organic conversation. I don't really prepare questions. So we're just going to roll with it. So welcome, Catherine. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here and excited to talk things out. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. So I would love, let's get this started then. If you can just share about yourself and how you got into human design, astrology, like wherever your intuition pulls you right now to start sharing, like let's dive into that. And we're just going to like steer the conversation from there. Okay. So I would say, well, I'm going to say this first. I think that there, if something scares you, I think it scares you because you're meant like you're meant to explore it. So when I was, oh God, when I was in high school, my whole life, really as a teenager, young child, I was terrified of outer space. So the fact that so much of what I do now is based on the planets and transits and just weird, crazy stuff that has absolutely no logical explanation is funny to me because I was someone who I took a philosophy class in high school and I couldn't even be a part of the metaphysical conversation because it gave me such serious anxiety to like think about outer space. I know that sounds crazy, but you know, the episode of SpongeBob where they time travel and they go into that white room and it's just the words everywhere that it gives me that kind of feeling or gave me that kind of feeling back in the day. So I've never, I would have never guessed that this would be who I am today back then. And I slowly started getting into everything. Oh gosh. I started getting into meditation first. So my path started with meditation. I went through my awakening, which looked like me absolutely losing my mind. I was living in New York city. I had a really important relationship that blew up and I started just, I just, I, you know, I devolved. I went through a total dark night of the soul, that first one that, you know, you go through when you first awaken. And I was angry all the time and I was having these highs and lows. And I felt like I wanted to crawl out of my own skin and Western medicine diagnosed that as bipolar disorder. I was medicated for years, moved, but I got into meditation because my therapist was really cool. So she got me into meditation. And then I slowly just that starting that path right there and opening up to mindfulness opened me up to everything else. And it honestly feels like every single thing I've done has led me to now 
though I would have never known it seems so insignificant in the moment, but looking back, it's, it's actually kind of wild. That's so cool. And I love, I actually found that was so interesting how you shared that you were so intimidated by like outer space. And it's funny because I, I had a realization once and I was, I was, I can't remember who I was chatting with. It was like a friend of mine. And I was like, if you actually try to imagine outer space, like the universe is endless. Like they say it's endless, but when you conceptually try to imagine something that is endless, you physically can't like I can't I can't see in my head the universe just going forever and ever like what is like what does that even look like you know what I mean and so I remember when I had this realization I was like that's some deep shit right there like I I was so so taken aback by that thought and so it's true like when something is so vast it's just going to be a lot of uncertainty there's going to be a lot of of unknown right so I love that you shared that because it totally brought me back to like that realization that I had about outer space in the universe I'm like guys, it's endless. Like imagine something that's endless. Like you just can't, you know? Yeah. It's like, we have to be contained in something, right? That's my belief. But what we're contained in, I don't know. It's not my business to know. <laughs> you know what I mean? But to me, I'm like, we have to be contained in something, right? Like consciousness has to be like, it has to have form. So what? <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. It's so true. Do you mind sharing, can you explain a little bit more about what it means like Starseed and Twin Flame? Because I know that the listeners are going to be like, what's this? And even me, I'm like, I want to know more. Yeah. So, well, a Starseed is really just someone who is, you know, that more multidimensional soul. They have past lives in other planets. They are not from here. And so when I think about my anxiety to outer space, that culminated in me having this like massive awakening. I think that was my, you know, my, my like little starseed self or whatever aspect I'm not, I don't claim to be an expert in this. So I'm sure someone's got more technical terms than I do, but I, I think that was probably that piece of me remembering, you know, I think every little thing I did, you know, meditation, getting, taking a philosophy class. I think all those little things kind of just culminated learning of taking a literature class in uh college where I, it was all about the hero's journey I think now like I work with the tarot primarily and like that is that so I think all these little things that we do kind of awaken that remembering in us for awaken the remembering of our multi-dimensional selves and our past lives and some of us are from other planets so that would be what a star seed is I, I remember I was working with someone once a, a mentor for mediumship she had me do this mirror exercise. If you really want to trip yourself out, <laughs> you go in the dark, sit in front of a mirror and hold a candle and just like softly gaze at the mirror and kind of like meditate with your eyes open and you'll literally see other versions of you. Um, and one of the ones that hit me so strikingly was my alien form. It like scared me. I called her afterwards. Like it was not something I was just imagining. It was very clear. So that would be, that would be Starseed. And then Twin Flame is kind of a hot, touchy subject and I'm claiming it and owning it because I live it. And if someone doesn't resonate with it, that's fine. But uh, so you have, <laughs> you have three different, I guess, types of soul contracts. So we have like the karmic soulmates and the soulmate soulmates, and then there's this twin flame. So the idea that you 
separated, right? Twin flames are, I think it was Nicole from Twin Flame Revolution. I watched a video on this of her talking about this the other day and she said it so perfectly that like when you're not in form, when you're not on earth, you're actually one consciousness. And so this idea of a twin flame is it's the same energy. It's the same consciousness split into two different parts, like two different bodies, masculine and feminine. And they're usually very opposite. They're usually very different, you know, kind of embracing that duality to come back together as one and remember oneness. It's a lot of um, karma as well. So I think, you know, the idea of a karmic soulmate is so... (sighs) I think it's a little ego-based to be honest with you, because we all have karma, right? Like you can have someone who's a karmic soulmate, who's specific, you come together for a brief moment in time to work something out and then you separate and you're, it's supposed to end. Right. And that doesn't always have to be bad, right? Karma can be good, but the twin flame is going to have lifetimes of karma to clear because you're the same consciousness split into two different bodies experiencing, you know, your duality together and kind of reconciling that. So that's a very long, I guess, long-winded explanation of the twin flame. It's a very intense path to walk, but I have gotten to a part of it now where I think for the most part, the bad stuff is over. So I feel a lot better. And I think that's why I'm starting to kind of reclaim it. I love that. This is so good. And I I love how, I mean, it's funny because we were talking about this before we hit record and typically like I say this in air quotes, manifestors don't niche, but you've definitely like niched with this and like have very like esoteric language. But the thing is, then you're really calling in the people that resonate with you. And like, I know how particular you are about the people you have in your energy and like rightfully so like we've had you know, we've had conversations about Instagram and just like how we, how we wish we could just shift you know, what it's like online. Cause it's just, I don't know the algorithm and everything. And I, I remember one time I was saying to Catherine, I was like, I had this idea, like, can you imagine if you could just not see how many followers someone had, like, how would that change the game? You know, like all of these people who make claims online who are like, Oh, I have X amount of followers and this is my niche and so on. Like, you just wouldn't know, like it would really have to be people trusting their intuition and their energy because there's not going to be any physical thing there to see for numbers, you know? So I really love that you've gotten like so specific and like how much you really honor your energy. Yeah. Thank you. I, I think it's, a you know, I think it's important, right. When we think about human design and really any kind of spiritual thing, twin flame, star seed, human design, uh, you know, whatever, whatever you believe in, whatever you experience, right. I think it's important to not box it so tightly and so yeah manifestors don't don't niche or they shouldn't niche I get weary with that word shouldn't um but for right now it feels good and I think you know I'm also kind of going through this six line transition right now I'm definitely on the roof but you know just barely (laughs) I say I've landed but I haven't settled down yet and I, I'm kind of reflecting over, over my life and, and how do I show up as a coach and what do I have to talk about and what stories do I have to share and, you know, what am I here to teach and guide people through as a result of what I've been through and it all, all of my stories, all of my lessons, all of my growth, all of my wisdom has to do with from the, mo- the time before I met my twin and the moments after I met my twin. (laughs) And so everything I have to share really comes back down to 
that relationship and and that is a huge part of me. And even if I don't talk about it every day, right? Like it's something that's a part of my life every single day. And so I think those are the people that I can help best because, you know, it's also kind of a touchy subject. And I think that a lot of people will stay in abusive relationships and unhealthy situations for this label of twin flame on half the time. Like it's probably not even true. And so I can understand why people are, are also against it because it can lead to a lot of codependency and toxicity. But also I think that the people that truly walk that path aren't those people, if that makes sense. I don't know how really how to say that, but to me, like when I say I serve twin flames, like I think the coolest and the most impactful thing I could have as a coach is like, I have a client that wants me to help them work through this. And then by the end of our work together, they're like free from something that wasn't even what they thought it was. That's so cool. I, oh my God, I love that. I think it's so amazing how, you know, you just, you play around with all these different modalities and just how open-minded you are. Cause I remember even like in our group workshops and and that for the human design program that you know we were in together it was just like it was always like don't box things up like there's so many different ways to interpret this because I remember especially at the beginning of the program it was like it was so much information and then usually when there's just information it's like a very masculine rigidity of like this is what it means right so I love that you really embody that aspect and uh, and actually I would love to ask you like how did you get into human design So again, this is where my wisdom of resistance is often an indicator of something that's meant for you. So I was on social media doing tarot. I think I probably was still um, beach body coaching or trying to beach body coach. Let's talk about third line, third life's of third line past. Um, I think I was still doing that, but I was really like incorporating my spirituality and coming out of the like spiritual closet, I suppose, if you will, um, and doing a lot of tarot and getting into astrology more and meditating. And I was also like really going through the twin flame thing at that time. So I was sharing a lot about that and I probably looked really crazy. And I met Eden through that. She had, I don't know, I think she followed me, but like, I didn't follow her back and she was just starting her business. Like I attended the first workshop she ever did. Like she was just starting out and we connected because she slid into my DMs because I had posted a photo of an ice cream cone and she knew where I was. And turns out we're from the same hometown. It's totally weird. Like she moved before we would have ever interacted, but very strange. Like, what are the odds? So that's how I got into human design was through Eden and knowing her and we would trade, like we did a trade she did a reading for me and I did some readings for her. And, but I was really resistant to human design at first for a really long time. I had this like little ego about me, like, oh no, I don't, we're not going to do that astrology. And then I like, obviously got over that. So that's why I I always say that because I have a huge tendency to be very resistant to the things that are going to become a part of what I do at first. I don't know if that's like the, the manifester in me, or maybe there's some other aspect to it, but that is how I found human design. So my question is when you found out that you were a manifester and knowing that manifestors are like 9% of the population and you're like so unique in the sense that you like initiate and inform and there's so much like powerful fire energy there. Like what was that like for you? 
I, for the first time in my life, felt not broken. I think I had a lot of judgments against myself about my productivity and my ability to sustain energy and just feeling kind of like a failure. And so, and like, why was I tired all the time? You know, why couldn't I keep up? Why couldn't I do this? Why couldn't I do that? Again, this was, I'm pretty sure during my my beach body day. So there was a lot of like that kind of energy around me and I couldn't keep up with that. And I was like feeling kind of bad about myself. Funny story, actually, I'm pretty sure my old coach and I are the same type. So that's another topic for another day. <laughs> there was a lot of that around me. So I, I, there was like a huge permission slip and I felt a lot of relief. I cried a little bit. Like, I'm like, oh my God, I'm not broken. Like I'm not sick. There's nothing wrong with me. And then It really actually explained a lot about my awakening and that whole period of time where I was medicated and diagnosed with something. And what I really, because I have experienced those cycles again since, and I'm I'm no longer medicated, actually, you know. I met my twin flame. See, this is why I'm like, this is what I need to do because it all goes back to him. So I met him and I went off all medication, like cold turkey, like within 24 hours. Like we connected and I was like, I don't need this anymore. I'm not crazy and never went back. And he was like, uh, and I'm like, no, it's fine. It's fine. Clearly it is fine. So, and I shouldn't say crazy because obviously people that struggle with mental health issues are not crazy at all. That's not what I mean. Um, so just know that, but it was not my truth, not my story. I was just experiencing something that Western medicine was saying was something that it wasn't. And so it explained a lot of that. And I think a lot of that is rest and urge cycles. I think a lot of it also has to do with my openness. So, you know, I only have two centers to find. I have my heart and my throat. And so I was living in New York city under, cause I remember saying to my therapist, and this was, I think kind of like the thing that did me in, I said to her once, I'm like, you know, the subway, like I take cabs every day and I can't afford it really. But like the subway makes me either suicidal or homicidal. And I realized that I was just stuck underground with all of these people. And I was feeling absolutely everything. And no wonder why I wanted to crawl out of my own skin or like throw myself into the train tracks. Like I was just, I was being consumed. And so there was a lot of explanation for that when I found my human design that it really just, I felt liberated. I love that. Honestly, it's, it's interesting because I only have two centers to find as well. I only have my G center and my sacral to find. And so that whole aspect of like really picking up energy, like even, you know, we don't have a TV. I don't watch the news. Like I would get my quote news from Instagram. And when we had like major shit going on, like the election or you know when black lives matter happened like and there was big energetic movement going on and even the pandemic too like i'd be at home and i'm like not around people like i'm with my boyfriend but I, and then i kind of catch on what's going on in the news i'm like well no fucking wonder i feel this or i feel that because it's like an undefined emotional solar plexus and like undefined head and eyes not like all of it is undefined and it's just like it's, it's a lot. And it's, it is really refreshing where even though it's so uncomfortable to be taking in that energy, to have an explanation as to why it feels so amplified, like internally is liberating. Like you literally said it so perfectly. The pandemic for a lot of people, you know, I want like, I want to just give everyone their human design. Cause I'm like, this is why you feel this way <laughs> right here. Yeah. <laughs> you feel this way right now because of this. So you've talked about tarot a couple of times. I know this is something that you're really passionate about. I would love if you can share how you got into it and then just, you can just talk about it, like why you use it as a modality and like what it's done for you. 
Mm, yeah. Okay. So I got into tarot through YouTube. I feel like I learn everything from YouTube. People ask me all the time, how'd you learn tarot? I'm like, I used to watch hours of YouTube tarot readings, which I don't recommend. It's super unhealthy, but that's how I learned. <laughs> and so meet my twin. We, it's blissful. It's beautiful. We devolve into absolute chaos. And that's when I started getting into the tarot, though. I will say I was curious about tarot for a very long time, but I was always afraid of it always afraid of it. I had friends, I read it and I was like, I don't know. Like I want you to read my cards, but I'm scared. I grew up with my mom who was like, you know, don't ever touch a Ouija board. If I find out you touch, and I don't, I don't mess with those, but like, she was never weird about tarot, but to me, I lumped them in the same, I guess, category, but I was scared of it. And so, you know, that's just funny to me too. But yeah. So had this whole breakup situation happen, absolutely lost my mind because of it. It was, you know, went through my whole dark night of soul again, purge and just feeling like my whole world was upended. Started watching tarot readings because I wanted to find out about him and I wanted him back. And I wanted to know why I was feeling this way and why was I so sad and all, all of these things that I just don't highly don't recommend if you're doing it right now, understand it's okay. It's normal. I'm going to encourage you to stop because what it does is it clouds you from hearing your own voice and your own self. And also general YouTube readings are fun. I love doing them. I love doing them on TikTok and Instagram, but they're not always for like, you know what I mean? They're general. You're serving a whole population. It's not going to be for you. So through this process, through paying people for readings and not getting the answers I wanted. So funny. Also now knowing that I'm an ego manifester, knowing that like, I just have to trust what I know is my truth and what I want, because what I want is the truth. And so when I have a session with someone and they don't tell me what I want to hear, I'm like, okay, so basically I know the truth. So I need to just stop seeking outside of myself. I just want to like <laughs> hone in on that. That is like yeah. so good. Cause like, I don't have my heart defined or my, you know, some people, okay. If you know human design, heart, will, or, or ego, that's what that center is called. So when you said that, that makes so much sense. It's like, you're not hearing what you want to hear. And then instead of like getting angry that you're not hearing it, it's like, well, then I know the truth. I am mm -hmm. the truth. That's so perfect. I love that you said that. Well, cause you have to ask yourself, like, why am I getting mad at this person? Why am I upset with the message you're giving me? Because it goes against what I feel in my gut and my, you know, in my heart, I feel it right here. It's like pulling me forward. It goes against that. So then clearly I know the truth. So it just goes back to, you know, seeking outside of yourself, which is all of my openness, you know, my undefined G, my undefined Ashna, my undefined head. Like I just want the validation. So that's why I got into doing tarot for myself. I said, okay, why don't I just like do it? You know? So I started reading for myself and not even really reading, just pulling cards and journaling and, you know, meditating. And, and that's how I realized that that's the primary way that spirit communicates with me is through tarot. I mean, I'm external vision too. So it, it all makes sense now, like that I know my human design, I have external vision. So I channel when I look at tarot cards, it just all makes sense. And I had, a, a during this time I had met a woman because I had joined this like twin flame group on Facebook. That was a straight up cult, a straight up cult, an absolutely bizarre time period of my life. But I had met someone through this cult that also realized it was a cult. So we both exited and they had a friend that was a medium and was looking for practice clients. So I was like, oh, whatever, that's fun. I'll do it. And I remember the first thing I had never talked to this woman a day in my life. I didn't even know what she looked like. 
and I was sitting on my couch and there was a book on my coffee table that had probably been there for six months. Cause I said I was going to read it one day and then never did. And she calls me and I answer the phone and she said, you know, I normally don't start just delivering messages right now, but your guys are really loud and they're telling me to tell you about a book. And I was like, okay, whatever. Like, no, cause I didn't know what to expect. I'd never done this before. I thought maybe this woman's like full of shit. And she starts talking about the book that's on my coffee table. And I was like, no way, <laughs> no way. So then in this reading, she had told me that she saw me as eventually one day, you know, kind of working for myself and doing something. She goes, it's like something with the chakras, but it's not chakras. And you're helping people heal and like shadow work. And you're like teaching them how to do it. And you'll probably incorporate tarot. So you should start practicing tarot more if you haven't already. And I was like, okay. And now look what I'm doing. Isn't that weird? <laughs> I mean, it's so perfect, but I love that she would literally start talking about the book that was on your coffee table. Like that, I would have lost my mind. Like just, mm-hmm. you know, take all my money. Tell me everything. <laughs> it was crazy. It was crazy. But then I, so I only see her, like if I need something, I only go to her, but then I had a reading with her maybe like a year ago and everything she said made me mad. And so I think really what it is, and you know, maybe this is my ego. I don't know. But I think really what it is, is that I'm at a point now where it's like, I can trust myself. So as soon as you said that, I was like, that's why. Yeah. And I truly believe that like, this is why I don't do love readings. I don't even read for myself. I don't ask about other people. You know, sometimes I do, but they always give me a different answer. And I truly believe that our guides like will fuck with us because it's like, hello, like stop seeking outside yourself. You know, everything we have given you the tools if you have a pure question, we'll answer it. But like, if you're going to ask some ego based or something that you already know the answer to, like, I'm going to mess with you. And, (laughs) and that's my belief. I, you know, I know there are some people that say, you know, you need to talk to spirit. Like it's, it's the God that it is. And you need to be formal. I think that your guides talk to you the way you talk to yourself. So I talk to myself like this. So (laughs) that's how they talk to me. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. I love this. So are you into the Akashic records at all? Did we talk, mm-hmm. I think we talked about this as well. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So good. So I started, what was it? A couple months ago in August or September, a friend of mine did a reading for me and I'd been curious about the Akashic records and she told me to read this book and I did, I think it's called the Akashic records something mm-hmm. or how to read the Akashic records by Linda Howe. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. Great book. And so I started reading them for myself and it was so interesting because Every time I go into the Akashic records, I experience a different voice and like a different energy, like every single time. And it's interesting because one time I went in and I was like super distraught. Like I really just wanted like reassurance. And it was wild how I felt like there was like a crowd of guides that just like smothered me with love and reassurance. And I was like, this is so, this is so crazy. You know, like I, I really do believe they give they get they know best and so it's like if we don't get the guidance that we ask for it's for a reason right and mm-hmm. then it's like a matter of trusting that so I'm really yeah. curious to know I've never done the Akashic records for anyone else I've only ever done it for myself but I would love to hear your experience with the Akashic records as well yeah so I actually took a uh I guess course mentorship some kind of thing where I paid someone to teach me how to read them. And we also read that book during it. Um, But then we had, you know, weekly exercises and whatever. This was, this whole experience was very interesting 
interesting lesson in trusting myself as well. I had, it was back at the beginning of the pandemic. So beginning of 2020, I feel like, and that was around the time where I really, again, went through this like little dark night period. And I would say really until recently, I've not had much, much connection to my spirituality at all. And prior to that, I would have dreams where people dying and the next day it would be true. And like, I was just like really intensely in it. And then it just disappeared. And I kind of was in this void space, which I think is also part of that Kashuk records and gate 22 and, you know, my chart, but I was really in this void space. And so I thought, okay, I'll take this course and it will help me get it back thinking I needed someone else to tell me how to do what I already know. And I realized as I was doing this, that I pretty much enter the Akashic Records all on my own without having need to invoke it. And I do it all the time. And a lot of what I do when I lead people through meditation, when I lead myself through meditation is actually like Akashic record healing. Like I, cause he also taught us how to do that. And like, I was like, I already do this. Why am I paying someone to teach me? I didn't even know this is what I was doing, but I already do this. So it's kind of interesting to realize that, but I've had some cool, like, um, one time I'm trying to think I've had some cool experiences, but I, I don't feel, I don't hear things. I, I have a weird, I, I don't really hear all the time and I don't see visions all the time. And I don't really get details all the time. The way it works for me is I'll enter, it'll start on my body first. So I will always feel, I've predict, I've had I've predicted people having cancer. I've predicted miscarriages. Like I'll feel it in my body. Like I definitely have some kind of clairsentience. That's my highest strength. So I will start in my body and then I'll ask them like, okay, tell me more about this. And then sometimes I'll get, you know, sometimes I'll get a song or I'll like hear something or I'll see like an image, but I really, it's really all feelings for me and random things that then I have to like go and interpret. So I'm not someone who could I could read the Akashic your Akashic records, but I couldn't do it live on the spot because I need to like journal and I will do Akashic journaling. I do that every day pretty much where I just start channel writing and I'll read my tarot cards with the Akashic records open and get, you know, messages from that. But that's that's kind of my experience with it. And it's hard because I just realize that I do it all the time and I don't even know that I'm doing it. I think that's really amazing how it became like a really natural experience for you because I remember I can't remember the name of the book but I started reading this book about channeling and I was like oh yeah I want to learn how to channel (laughs) and then I start reading and I'm like what the fuck I've been channeling the whole time like I didn't even like I didn't even realize how intuitive it was you know like I I realized that I so I have a spirit guide that I feel connected to and her name is Stella which is so funny because she's totally like a starseed being for sure and I feel like she's connected to, you know, let's say like a counselor, like a collective, like I only hear from her when I, when I ask questions and the way that I connect to her is asking questions to myself. And then I feel like it's a knowing that comes forth. And I've been told through other psychics and whatnot, that this is like my higher self. And I'm like, yeah, I totally believe it. But I used to, well, I still do journal, but I would journal as if I was writing to myself, like, you know, your blah, blah, blah. And instead of saying I, and that felt like channeling. And so when I was reading this book and it was telling me the ways that you can connect with your spirit guides and channel. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm already doing this. And so I really, I really just want to like hone in for the listeners. 
you're probably already doing the things that you think you want to be doing and you don't even realize it. Right. Cause you're comparing what you do against someone else. Yeah. You know, and I think that's like the hallmark of a good teacher and a good mentor is someone who's not going to tell you their method, someone who's going to help guide you and walk you through like discovering your own method and that you're already doing it. My business name came from that. Like I didn't, I don't even, didn't realize it at the time, but I, a few years ago started talking to this energy and when I asked its name, I was told E-E. So I always just called it E. And then like six, seven months later, I was like, I was like business names, business names. And then it was like evolutionary empress came in. And then I like realized that the abbreviations were E-E and I was like, okay, fine. So like my logo is E-E and I kind of incorporate all of that in. And I, a lot of the times, I mean, I used to be a lot better at it. I have not been very good at it lately, but a lot of the times the stuff that I post is not like, not even me. Again, I've been very much like in my 3D moment for a little while. So I'm starting, I'm starting to kind of dive back into, I don't know, reintegrating with whatever that aspect of me is. Um, I think I, I think I had to be in the void space for a little bit and kind of like learn what it is to be a human so that I could step back and, you know, channel, but I was already doing that. And then I realized like when I took this course, I'm like, oh, I've already been talking to these people and E is a thing. And I talk to E all the time and I don't know what E means, but I wish I could talk to aliens though. I'm always jealous of people that talk to aliens. I, so you're talking earlier. Okay. We're going to like circle back to the outer space conversation because (laughs) I find that that was just like so intriguing. So for me, my, my mentality is very much like, I don't ever think about other planets. Like I definitely think about source and the universe as a whole and like spirit guides and, you know, archangels and, and, and that kind of thing. But I've never like thought about aliens because aliens always get portrayed, like let's say in Hollywood as these like creepy little fuckers who are just on their little spaceship, like floating around, like spying on us. And then they do their weird shit out in space. And it's like, I'm just curious what your take is on aliens and just what you've what you've researched I've literally never talked about aliens ever or even on my podcast channel so I the listeners are getting a real sweet cup of tea today (laughs) so okay so I oh god it was maybe two years ago now my friend owned a crystal store and I used to kind of pop in and do tarot for occasionally but mostly I would just go and like hang out with her and I would uh, I would always pace back and forth that she had one bookshelf with just one singular bookshelf with books on it. And I mean, you know, how many times can you look at a bookshelf and think that there's new inventory when you know there's not? But I used to, every time I was in that store, like go to the bookshelf and she'd always be like, what are you looking for? I'm like, I don't know. I just like always come over and look. And then one day this book just like jumped, the book I looked at so many times before just like jumped out at me and I picked, you know, I bought it. And it was about, it was crazy. It's by, it's a book, uh, Bashar channeling the, the guy who channels Bashar, who is an extraterrestrial and you can't buy this book anymore. It's like out of print. I, I think if you want to buy it, it's like $300 and I have it. And it is the wildest thing. He channeled it in the eighties. It's talk, all this stuff he talked about came true. It's talking about now about how it seems like it's the end of the world, but we've collectively around the eighties, the like decided that we're going to like make it through. And I don't know. It's really crazy. So, um, I need to reread it actually, but 
so I got really into aliens after that point in time because I thought that was really random that this book that I've seen several times before just all of a sudden was like here pick me up you know and um so aliens to me I always think of the movie interstellar if you've seen it where he falls in so there's this one point it's got Matthew McConaughey in it and there's one point where he falls into this black hole and he's like in his home but his daughter can't see him because he's in a different dimension so he's doing Morse code and like moving the books to talk to her because he's just disappeared in space because he's in a black hole and but he he's in another dimension so people can't see him so that's how I feel aliens like there could be an alien in this room with me right now but because I'm in 3d I can't see it because to me, an alien is, I'm an alien, right? Like you're an alien. Other aliens see us as aliens. Um, Bashar did say in this book that the time of us being able to communicate with aliens, we'll know it's ready. Like we'll know that the time of us being at a space where we're ready to commune with other life on other planets is aliens will start becoming more prevalent. And I think that is really clear over the last like year. There's that documentary now with like Demi Lovato and all that like aliens are everywhere right now. So I always think about that. And then Bashar also said that aliens will never intervene with us until we pose a threat to other planets. So our drama, our earth chaos is contained to earth. But I find it very interesting with like Jeff Bezos going to space and like all these little things that people are kind of starting to push the envelope. I'm like, don't test the aliens, man. Like we're contained to earth. We have to keep our drama here or they're going to come like, stop it because the rest of the planetary system, according to Bashar is operating in a completely different space. Like they're all like, they look at us like that, you know, like the crazy cousin that needs to, I don't know, like get their life together. Like we're definitely the black sheep of the family. That's how I see aliens. I think I'm sure they're already here. We just can't see them. You know, we're also aliens. I think we have to remember that. I think it's very egotistical of us to assume that we're alone. Like, oh, oh we're gosh. the only forms of life. We're the only conscious beings. Yeah, okay. Oh my gosh, I love that. I love <laughs> that you literally just said like planet Earth is like the black sheep of the family. It's yes. true though. I mean, can you imagine like, I've seen weird memes and shit of like, let's say like a couple of aliens on like Pluto in their lawn chairs, looking at the earth going up in flames with like all the drama with the politics and the pandemic and just like racism and like all the things, do you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah, we're a hundred percent of the black sheep of the family are probably like waiting for these fuckers to wake up and just like, you know, harmonize and ascend yeah. into a better version of ourselves. Yeah. But then you also have to think like, is that day ever going to come? Because technically we come here to learn. Like we, you go to earth to learn. Is that day ever going to come? So, oh my God, we are literally puppeteers on this planet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. I seriously loved our conversation. There was like so many nuggets. Like we talked about so many different things. It was so much fun. And so before I kind of wrap things up, I always love to ask my interviewers or interviewees, I should say, what is a piece of wisdom that you want to share with our listeners? First thing that intuitively comes to mind. You can't fuck it up. You can't. You really can't. You know, you think you you think you're going to do something wrong. You're wondering, you're stuck on what's the right move. How do I get out of this? How do I change my life? How do I do this? How do I do that? All you have to do is do something differently. It doesn't matter if it's right or wrong because you can't fuck it up as long as you do something differently, right? Like you have to interrupt the pattern and just make a shift that's different than what you normally do and sometimes that's all you need for clarity to set in I love that a lot of our conversation today was really about trust you know it was it was like 
you could hear the themes like one of the really big themes just in case the listeners want like a little recap here is going and trying different things looking for answers like going through chaos and and all of a sudden it's just like the world in different ways holds up a mirror and you're like oh I already knew that you know what I mean so ultimately it's not even like we're we're looking for the answers it's more like we're looking for reassurance because we know deep within that we have the answers so it's more like it's not even like how can you find the answers it's more like how can you just give yourself reassurance and validation without needing an, an external source and that just will like literally speed up the process as well so I feel like that's like the biggest message that I got from our conversation today yeah it'll speed up the process and too like even you know we were talking about before with you know you feel you're telling me about vacation how you feel like you're being tested and all this stuff it will yes it'll speed up the process but it will also invite those kinds of situations in because then it's not that you're being tested it's well you are being tested but not in the way that you think you're being tested it's how much can I trust myself now in this moment you know without looking for external validation so again that's why I say like will it ever really get better because we'll get better we'll get stronger we'll get kinder we'll get more, you know, loving, we'll become better, but then those polarities still exist. So the, the, de- the devils, if you will, I don't really believe in the devil. I think it's just the thing we make up in our brains, but those <laughs> devils will get stronger. There, there, there's always, there's gotta be balance, right? It can't just be love, light, and happiness. It can't be. Yep. I totally agree with you. Can you share with our listeners where they can connect with you online? Yes, you can find me on Instagram, mostly at the Evolutionary Empress. Things in my life are just pivoting so hard right now, but you can find me over there. I am slowly turning my personal brand into more of a website. So hosting other other readers, other coaches, other astrologers, other practitioners. Um, and I'm going to just focus on the, I guess, the content behind it and the mission. So you can find me and all of my people over there at the evolutionary empress that's pretty much it I'm I really just do one social media at a time so (laughs) that's perfect well thank you so much for coming on Catherine I really loved our conversation it was so fun I hope we just like bounced around in different pockets of like esoteric things and whatnot so I really enjoyed our conversation yes thank you so much for having me I had fun too and I like to be random. I hope, I hope people took away something from it. (laughs) Oh, for sure. For sure. Especially aliens. That's the first, that's, it took me like 230 episodes to talk about aliens, but it happened. So here we are popping that cherry. We're there. Just, it's just a minor initiation. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So I just want to thank the listeners for tuning in today. Please make sure that you subscribe to the channel, leave a review. And if you listen to this, obviously you are, if you're hearing me talk right now, share this on social media and tag us and share what you got out of the episode. So thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you in the next one.